Um, how many of you are, you know, uh, how many of you are Buckeye fans? We're all, most of us are, well, the saved, the Christians are Buckeye fans in here. Um, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I just want to tell you that after t- last night, I'm just glad to report the sun came up this morning. Life goes on. Um, Ryan saw some of my PowerPoint and he says, I don't, I don't want to show that this morning, but uh, in, in, in a way to get into my message this morning, I want to talk just briefly about a Buckeye fan this year. Going into this season, we as Buckeye fans had a lot to be excited about. Our excitement is a little bit damaged at this point. But part of our excitement was because we went into the season, we were ranked number five in the country, a good place to be to make a good move. We had a defensive line that was one of the best in the country coming into the season. We have a lot of young playmakers that can make a lot of plays on offense, and we were just excited to see that happen. This is the first year that there's going to be a four-team playoff to get into the national championship. And on top of all of this, we had... Braxton Miller returning for his senior year as quarterback. Now, I put his picture up there because he's just not your typical college quarterback. Braxton Miller has an athleticism and ability to do some amazing things, make amazing plays that are just off the charts. He can do things that most quarterbacks and players cannot do. If OSU meets a team that's equal to them in talent, Braxton Miller is that one player that can tip the scales in favor of Ohio State. He's what you call the X factor. He's what you call a difference maker. With Braxton Miller going into this season, OSU is favored to win the Big Ten championship, and maybe even play for a national championship. However, with just a few weeks to go before the season started, a few weeks ago, Braxton Miller was practicing, and he threw just a simple seven-yard out, and he went down hard like a shot. Grabbing his arm, grabbing his shoulder, and it ends up that he tore his right labrum, and he's out for the season. One play... And the X factor, the difference maker, is out for the season. Probably could have used him last night, couldn't we? Just a little bit. One play in the entire season has changed. One play and now we're no longer favored to win the Big Ten Championship. One play and an entire team's dreams and aspirations are in serious Jeopardy. You see, when the difference maker is not involved, everything changes. How am I going to plug that into a message? Part 10. (laughs) That which dwells within the Holy Spirit. If you've not gotten the message the first nine times around that you desperately need the Holy Spirit... Maybe you'll start to get it after this message. Let me put it another way. The Holy Spirit is that one entity in life 
that can make all of the difference. I'm telling you, folks, the Holy Spirit in your life is the X factor. He is the difference maker in your life. In John 16, Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as the helper. Who is he here to help? Yes, we know that he has come into the world to convict the world of sin, but we know that he has come to be the helper to who? Believers. You and I, those of us who have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he is here to help us. And as I have been saying, God and the Holy Spirit has been elevating this a realization in my life over these past several weeks. As I've been saying, we cannot live this life, this victorious, successful, holy life on our own. If we try to live out our own abilities and good intentions, we will fail. For some people that Say, well, maybe God will just uh, look at my good deeds and look at my good intentions and how well I try to live and he'll just he'll see that the scales are way in favor of it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. We need the Holy Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit will make the difference. He's the difference maker. He's the X factor in our lives. And this morning, I want to hit just one main area in our life where he can make a difference. That one main area is in our relationships. Life is about relationships, is it not? It's about relationships. Number one area that he makes a difference is in our relationship to God. Sounds like a basic elementary point, but follow me on this. For many, God is some kind of a mysterious, unknown authority figure, uh, an impersonal being that we can never really get close to. An entity that, that seems far off, that seems, that seems distant. It's, it's a being, he's a being that's impossible to know, uh, to fully understand, let alone please. There, there's no personal relationship with this God for, for many people. Now, I believe that before we come to Jesus Christ, that's exactly how we would describe the relationship. This is mainly true. Look what this verse says in Ephesians. Don't forget that you Gentiles, that's you and I, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ, that is, that is kind of what describes your relationship to God. You can't relate to Him. Who is this God? But folks, when Christ comes into our life and the Holy Spirit begins to dwell within, we will find that our relationship with God changes dramatically. Amen? It changes dramatically. And really, it's a relationship. Now, we can get into the nuances of this and the deep theological study of this if we want, but really, our relationship with God becomes similar to that between Jesus and God. What do I mean by that? 
we know that the relationship that Jesus had with his father was close and intimate. They were one and the same. It was Jesus' goal and purpose in life is to do the will of his heavenly father. Jesus' heart beat in tune. He walked in step with his heavenly father. They were one and the same. And we can catch just a glimpse of this in the Gethsemane story. You don't have to turn there. But notice what Jesus said here in Mark 14. He said, Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. What's that first word? Abba. Jesus called his heavenly father Abba. Abba is the Aramaic word for father. It's a term that that denotes a, 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 a term of great endearment. Some of you uh, have grown up calling your father's papa or daddy, or you're extremely close to him. And this is kind of the, the connotation that we get, that this is the kind of relationship that Jesus had with his father. He called him Abba. They were one and the same. They were intimate. They were close. They knew what each other was thinking. And it must have been on Jesus' lips often. So sacred is this word that the original Aramaic word is kept here. What a relationship Jesus had with his father. Now I want you to look at Galatians 4, 6. It says this. And because we are his children, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Get it? Is that not cool? Church, this tells you and I that we can have a similar relationship with God. And notice that it says, the second line, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. This is the Holy Spirit giving us access to God, allowing us to not only call God our Father, but we're able to call Him Abba. We're able to call Him Daddy, so to speak, if you want. That's such a close term of endearment there, an intimacy, a personal relationship that we can have with God. The same kind of relationship that Jesus had with His heavenly Father. And when this happens, we are no longer far away, but we are brought near. Ephesians 2.13, the other half says, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. Amen. Amen. Here's an even more beautiful thought. A thought when you begin to dwell on it, you could care less about the game last night. When we say dad or daddy, it implies that we are a part of a family. It implies that we are actually a son or a daughter 
to the Father. But what's exciting is that we not only get to be called a child of God, we are a child of God. John 1.12, But to all who believed in Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to be called? <laughs> no. Become a child of God. To become children of God. There's a big difference in just being called something and being something. Do you realize the privilege that we have today? Before Christ, we were once far off. We had no ability to relate to this wonderful, awesome God. But after Christ, we have been brought near. We have been brought back into the fold. We have become a child of God. To where we can call Him Abba, Father. And that is a relationship that grows and develops over the years. When I first accepted Christ, the way I referred to God at that point to how I refer to Him now is different. Because it's, there's an intimacy that's grown over the years. There's a fondness. There's a personal connection that's grown and grown over the years. Listen, church, I don't know what kind of relationship you have had with your earthly father. Maybe it's been a wonderful relationship. Maybe it's been close. Maybe it's, it's that kind of relationship that you can describe as being a, a, an Abba, a, a, a daddy, a, a papa. I don't know what you call your father. Or maybe you've had a horrible relationship with your dad. Maybe there is no intimacy. There's no personal side of your relationship. Praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what kind of relationship you had with your earthly father. Through salvation and the leading of the Holy Spirit, you and I can know this great and awesome God. He goes from an unknown entity to one that we call Abba. Now, we can be brought near to the heart of God. And I'm here to tell you, this is a work that is facilitated, it's nurtured, it's matured as we... Follow the Holy Spirit. It's a work that the Holy Spirit does in our life. See, the Holy Spirit helps us nurture this kind of relationship with God the Father. You see, the Holy Spirit truly is the difference maker in our relationship with God. Number two. The Holy Spirit makes the difference in our relationship with ourselves and with our will. He makes the difference in our relationship with ourselves and with our wills. Now, you probably didn't really think about it or don't realize it, but do you know that you can have a relationship with yourself? Do you know that? How many of you have ever talked to yourself? Well, there you go. <laughs> it all begins with you, though. It all begins with you. Listen, the state of our heart determines everything else in life. Don't let that go by you. Don't drive by it. The state of your heart determines everything else in your life. Our hearts are like uh, the hub on a, on a bicycle wheel, like the center part. Our hearts are there. And every other part of our life, our spouses, our kids, our job, our co-workers, our family, whatever it is, they're like spokes on a wheel. They're like spokes coming out of that hub. And if your heart is right with God, then all the other spokes will align themselves with that. 
I'm sure many of you would admit and confess that those times when life seemed crazy and was out of whack and there was no, uh, no harmony, no peace inside, there was a lot of uh, turmoil inside, it was perhaps some of it's because you and the hub was not where you needed to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, it affected all these spokes. It affected all these other areas in life. But you know, the Holy Spirit can help align you so that your relationship with yourself, so to speak, is where it needs to be. If your heart is not right with God and the Holy Spirit, you're not going to treat your wife the way that you should. You're not going to treat your kids the way that you should. You're not going to treat that co-worker the way that you should. You're not going to treat that family member. And, and you're not going to treat your parents the way that you should. I've been around some people and, and how they've interacted with their parents. And sometimes I'm shocked by the way that they talk to their parents. And, and just because they're grown and out of the house, it almost seems as though they can talk with a, a disrespect uh, to their parents. And you see, the Holy Spirit wants to affect that part of your life as well. We need to honor our mother and our father. There needs to be a degree of honoring, even if they don't know Jesus Christ, just because of their position of having raised you and provided for you, there needs to be an honor and a respect for your parents. See, the Holy Spirit can make a difference in your relationship with you. Proverbs 4.23 Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above every, above all else, for it determines, we could say, determines the spokes of your wheel. Jealousy, envy, bitterness, and resentment. They never hurt, they never affect just the heart from which it originates. It always affects all the other areas of life. If there is turmoil in your life, whatever it might be, don't think that it's just affecting you. It's affecting everyone around you. Some of you here this morning maybe do not like what you see in the mirror. Maybe you're battling demons from your past and your present. The Holy Spirit can free you from you. Get that? The Holy Spirit can free you from you. As you yield to His control, you can be freed from your prisons, freed from your jealousy, freed from envy, freed from bitterness, free from resentment, free from a low self-esteem, free from whatever it is that's causing you problems. Praise God. Praise God. Remember, the Holy Spirit has come to help you. He has come to help bring rest and peace in your life. And it's just not a one-time thing, church. Throughout my entire life, I find times where I need to get back in line where I need to be. Maybe there's some emotions that are out of kilter. Maybe there are some priorities that are out of line and affects the different spokes of my life. It's affecting me. We can get back in line with the Lord and all this stems back to our first point of our relationship with God. Once you establish that relationship with Abba Father, you know how special you are. 
You are one of God's special children. You no longer need to wrestle with the man or the woman that you used to be. Through the help of the Holy Spirit, you are free to become a child of God. No more pretending, no more faking, no more facades. Now, let me tell you that this will not come without a battle. This will not come without a fight. There is a battle raging with the flesh and the spirit. There's a battle that rages with what the flesh wants and with what the spirit wants. You know, I have to tell you that um, <laughs> when, when I came here, I think it was Brian who, one of the very first questions he asked me, it wasn't, I thought it was going to be something deep and spiritual and deep theological. And he said, you're going to play on the softball team. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I have to be honest with you. It, um, it didn't take me long to realize that this 45-year-old body just doesn't do what it used to do. Um, the spirit is willing, but the flesh indeed is weak. And there, there are times, I've got to tell you, when you know, I'm out there, they have me play uh, shortstop a lot, and there are times when a ball, Dean, you know what I'm talking about, uh, there are times when, you all know what I'm talking about, that played. Yeah, Dave said amen to that. There are times when a ball, if it's not hit right at me, if it's to my left or to my right, you know, and if it's, if it's a hard play where normally I might dive or try to get it 25 years ago, you know, my mind thinking, go, get it, dive, get it. But then my body just laughs at me, you know. <laughs> Like, what do you think you're doing? There's a conflict within. What I want to do, I just can't do. And realize, church, throughout our entire life, we will run up against conflicts with us. We need a difference maker. We need a difference maker in our life to help us get over and the different things in our life, the Holy Spirit wants to do that. There is an inner conflict between our will and God's will. But when we yield to the Holy Spirit's control, He makes all the difference, doesn't He? If you've never experienced that, then maybe this is the morning you need to yield. Maybe this is the morning you need to come before Him this morning and just die to self, die to you and live to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can liberate us from that inner strife for what we want. We're no longer driven by the will of self, but by the will of God. And the Holy Spirit makes all the difference because He's the one that will free us. He's the one that will liberate us. And He's the one that will allow us to behave in a Christ-like manner to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And number two, as I said, He truly is the difference maker in our relationship with us. Number three, the Holy Spirit makes the difference in our relationship with the world. Just going to briefly touch on this. Look, 1 John 2.15 tells us, do not love the world or the things of the world or the lust of the eyes or the things that the flesh lusts for, desires. 
we understand that we are not to go after those things of the world, but it does not say that we are to separate ourselves from the world and just go off and live in some commune. Instead, this is a good point right here. Listen. Instead, the Word of God tells us that we are to alienate ourselves from the spirit from which the world operates. We are to alienate ourselves from the spirit of which the world operates. This, see, this is where the message of holiness comes into play. We are to be in the world, but different from the world. However, today I fear that there's hardly any difference in noticing the difference between the church and how the world lives. How the world acts versus how the church acts. And may I say that this is not going to be a profound point, but I'm just going to remind you. Let me, and I, I said this prayer in, in our, 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 my office before service. Um, we show respect and good stewards for these things here. We show respect for this. But this is not the church. It's not the church. This building is not the church. This carpet, this, this is just a building made of, made of mortar and brick and shingles and wood and drywall and carpet. It's not the church. You are the church. I am the church. And when we go out into the world, we need to act like the church. And we need the Holy Spirit to fill us so we can act like the church. The next time that McDonald's person gets your order wrong, we need to act like the church. That may happen today. No, honey, I'm not taking you to McDonald's today. We'll go somewhere else, but... Um, Anderson camp meeting, um, it looks like there is a shift being made to Oklahoma City, but obviously most of you know in all the years past, it's been in Anderson, Indiana. Now listen to this, though. It's been reported that the local restaurants do not look forward to Anderson camp meeting time because a lot of the waiters and waitresses have made comments saying that the Anderson people coming in for camp meeting all over the country, all over the eastern seaboard, they can be some of the most unfriendly, unkind people they know. And many times when they leave, they just leave a gospel track on the table instead of a tip. Church, we are to be the salt and the light of the world. We are to make a difference in how we talk, how we live, how we act, how we react. <laughs> how we act when we get behind that car that is going slow. How we react whenever that traffic light turns yellow and we know we need more time. The Holy Spirit can help us with that. You see, the Holy Spirit is the difference maker. He can be the X factor in how we relate to the world. Be a difference. He can be a difference in how we re 
late to the world. Number four. The Holy Spirit makes the, di- the difference in our relationship with each other. He makes all the difference in our relationship with each other. The Holy Spirit desires to bring unity. That's one of the hallmark topics of the Church of God is Unity. The Holy Spirit desires to bring unity and rest in times of disunity and unrest. This, again, is brought on by the work of the Holy Spirit through sanctification, through a sanctifying experience every day. When there is conflict, the Holy Spirit will prompt us to die to ourself and to flesh and to act as He desires. Mm. Um, look, the, the, the family of God can be some of the most loving, accepting, we're a family. Most loving, accepting people. But sometimes we're not always like that. Sometimes, and I've said this before in another message, I don't know how many times I've said this, but we are a family and that's exactly what we are. And sometimes families argue and fight. Sometimes we have differences of opinion. Now follow me on this. If we're not careful, or should I say, if we're not fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit and humble ourselves, during these times to where conflict takes place within the walls, now I'm talking about within the walls, if we're not fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit, then when times of conflict happen within these walls, the flesh will want to take over. The human nature will want to take over. And when that happens, things like this begin to take place. We begin to act in disunity and not in unity. We begin to distance ourselves from specific people in the church. We may look for ways to avoid that person. We come into the church and we see that person is, is kind of in front of us, so we'll go the long way around just to avoid conversation with them. You know what I'm talking about. That's how families are. And really, if you think about how we can act sometimes, and if I can be so bold, sometimes we just play childish games, don't we? We just kind of act like kids and and we don't take care of things that we need to. And all along the way, all along, all during this time, the Holy Spirit is desperately trying to get our attention and restore unity. He's desperately trying to get our attention back on Him. But at the same time, the evil one is desperately trying to keep our attention on this unity. But the Holy Spirit can make the difference in our relationship with each other. Amen. Even in times of disagreement, the Holy Spirit can give us the power to seek reconciliation instead of resentment. He can help us raise the white flag of surrender and seek a ceasefire instead of shooting at each other. 
Listen, even in those times when we think we haven't done anything wrong, the Holy Spirit may talk to you and lead you to make the first move with that brother or sister. You make the first move. And say, look, I don't know what's going on, but there's just something I sense. Let's talk this out. What's going on? Even if the person you seek restitution with does not reciprocate, you will have reestablished that unity with God and the Holy Spirit, knowing that you have obeyed. Oh, how blessed it is when brethren walk in unity, when brethren dwell together in unity. Sometimes it's just a simple case of misunderstanding. Sometimes the disagreement goes deep. But even in those times, see, you can't do this in and of yourself. (laughs) There are times uh, uh, if you know, okay, typically what happens in life is is if if we're angry and we want to react, God says, wait. Get a hold of your emotions and Holy Spirit, help me to deal with it. A lot of times if we react, then we just make the matter worse, don't we? We say things that we shouldn't say. We do things that we shouldn't do. But even in those times where the disagreement is intense and it's deep and there is no misunderstanding, the Holy Spirit will soften your heart will humble you, you will humble yourself, and the Holy Spirit will humble you, and you'll be able to work through that situation. You say, what? It really doesn't matter what I want. I love you. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. See, that's the difference the Holy Spirit can make. Without that, we cannot survive as a church. Oh, church, if we could just get a hold of this. 80% of the church's problems come from within. They come from people who fail to humble themselves before the Lord and each other. And I have to tell you that talking to other pastors, much of a pastor's frustration is not with those outside of the church, it's those within the church. The fires that have to be put out. Hmm. The Holy Spirit is the X factor, the difference maker in our relationship with each other. I end with this illustration. Uh, One of the very first times I ever preached um, was down in Winchester. And um, I was preaching on this topic. I was preaching on the Holy Spirit. And I think uh, next week or the week after, well, the week after is Roy Hall, so maybe we'll try and wrap things up next week. I'm going to be talking about how we can quench the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be quenched. and He can be grieved. And as I was preaching this first message, and I, I've listened to it once, and man, was it horrible. It was one of the worst things I've ever listened to. My very first message, I'm thinking, God, how on earth could you have done anything with that? But after the service, a gentleman named Don came up to me. And he said, Brock, I've got to thank you for that message. He said, there is a man in the church that I have been avoiding for five years. He said, I've purposely not spoken to him for five years. He said, he did something to me. He said something to me years ago. And he said, I've never forgiven him for it. 
And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, I've got to get things right with that person. And so he said, for the first time in five years, he went up to this gentleman and they spoke and they talked. This other man had no idea. But the Holy Spirit brought them together. Brought them back together again with unity. Folks, are you starting to get how we need the Holy Spirit in our life? We desperately need Him in our life. Mandy, come on up. I'm not, song, I'm not sure what song she has picked. Hmm. He's come to be our helper. He's come to be your helper. Whatever relationship issue is in your life, He's come to make a difference in how you relate to God. You can call him Abba Father. He's come to make a difference in our relationship with ourselves, with us, with you, in our wills. He's come to make a difference in how we relate to the world. And he's come to make a difference in how we relate to each other, to each other. Look, and if there's something in your life that you know is out of kilter, if if, if you're looking at the spokes of your life and things are disarray and they're, they're, out, they're out of unity, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning. He wants to do business with someone this morning. Would you bow your heads, please? God, thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You've come to make a difference. Oh, just to think about life without you, Holy Spirit, I, I can't imagine when Jesus, when you left, if you left and there was nothing left here on earth for us, we would be in trouble. Woefully short of living how you want us to live. But God, I thank you, I praise you that you left the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're here this morning. You're in our midst. You're, you're making your way in and out of the pews, in and out of the aisles, in and out of the seats. And maybe there's just one person here this morning, Holy Spirit, that, that needed this message. God, if, if they need to allow you, Holy Spirit, if they need to allow you to do a work on their life, may they get up out of their seats and come to this altar and find a place of freedom, a place of relief a place to just die to themselves and, and begin to live full, this full life in Jesus Christ. I pray that they will do so. God, we love you. We thank you. Continue to deal with us and work with us. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for being here with us. Ours now is just to open ourselves up to you, Holy Spirit, and follow your leading and your guiding and to say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. We love you, God. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen.